How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate anyone who just tuned in about 10 minutes ago on my Instagram live session. I did a live Q&A. I uh, really enjoyed the questions I got, and hopefully we'll do that every once in a while in the future. Like I said last week, going forward, I'll be having guests um, on for the next probably five or six weeks or so. Uh, I'll be announcing my two guests that I'm going to be having on next Saturday on Tuesday. So if you haven't done so already, please go and follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. And I'll be posting a graphic of who I'll be having on. You can go through right now if you want and watch today's live Q&A if you didn't get a chance to tune in and you would like to. Uh, just like the fa- past few Saturdays, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a shorter episode today, only a few topics, and then I'll be back on Tuesday with a bit of a longer one. On Tuesday, I'll be talking about um, the bill schedule and having four primetime games and whatnot and how I think the NFL season is going to go about and if it will go about. And then I'll be talking a little bit more about the Sabres and Jack Eichel and if I do actually think it's realistic um, that he could potentially leave in the future. If so, what would his trade value be? So today, I'm going to be going through talking about which four players in the NBA currently um, I would build a franchise around if I was just starting a franchise from scratch. And then I'm going to be going through uh, the NFL talking about which seven teams from the AFC and NFC I feel are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to give their seeding and talk about who I think could potentially win the Super Bowl. So starting off with the NBA, uh, I chose four players who I thought um, are the best up and coming and who I think would be great to start a franchise with currently right now. Um, A lot of these guys are pretty young just because as great as LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, those guys are. Um, if you're starting a franchise from scratch, as great as those guys would be, um, and you could potentially win some championships, um, the long term wouldn't be as good because a lot of those guys are on their way out, sadly. Um, they'll probably be all gone. Most of those guys, honestly, will probably be gone within the next four or five years. So um, it'll be definitely interesting to see, or at least – if they are long, or if those guys are around longer, maybe LeBron or Curry, and then play another six, seven years. Once they get past the next four, they're not going to be as good. Or the four players I'm going to talk about, I think just based on where they're at currently in their NBA careers and going forward long term, they'd give uh, a franchise the best opportunity to win. Um, starting at number four, I had John Morant. Um, I think when doing these. The most key positions is either you get a cornerstone point guard or you get a cornerstone, you know, center or a cornerstone power or small forward. You know, you don't really hear many people talking about a shooting guard or a power forward um, to build a franchise around. I mean, you could argue that Anthony Davis is a guy that plays power forward, but he's realistically a center on most teams. So... But yeah, John Morant, a guy that just got drafted this past year, already has his team that was drafting second overall to get him in the eighth spot for a playoffs if it does eventually come back for the NBA. And him, Jaron Jackson, those guys have really done a nice job. And I think Jaw's a very special talent, very good scorer. Um, I think he's proving a lot of people wrong with his consistency this year and his three-point shooting. 
He's not the greatest defender, but I think he's going to continue to improve. He's definitely not a bad defender by any stretch. And he's definitely a guy that I would be willing to build around at the point guard position, especially among a lot of the other young guards. Of you know guys like Trey Young, uh, De'Aaron Fox, or a couple other guys you could definitely build around. I just think John Morant has a higher ceiling than the other those two guys I just mentioned in Fox and Young. To me, Young's just a pure shooter. He's kind of like Curry, but Young, he almost has to be in the right situation, you know, to carry a team where Morant. Went in the Western Conference first year, and besides Jaron Jackson, doesn't have a lot of help. He's been able to carry that team. You know, Trey Young in a weaker conference, you know, he has John Collins, and they just got Clint Capella, and they had Herder, and Cam Reddish, and guys, and he's still been struggling. Yeah, he's putting up monsters points per game and whatnot, but he's really not doing a great job at leading his team, so that's why I took Morant. Um, number three, I have Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. Um, Bam's just honestly a freak of nature. Like, he's almost a Giannis type where he's not as long and lengthy, but he does everything. Great defender, uh, locks got other def- guys' top players up, good rebounding. Doesn't really have an outside shot, but it's a good mid-range and post player. Very coachable has continuously got better each year he's been in the league. And I think that's a big credit to Eric Spolster as well. Um, Bam could even run the point if you need him to. He's starting to become more of that hybrid, like a lot of these other big power forward center guys are turning into where they can even dribble the ball up. You know, Giannis being like six foot ten, almost seven foot. He plays point guard a lot. You know, you see LeBron play point a lot too. Um, it's just kind of the way things are going. It's more bigger guys being point guard like Ben Simmons type. And then a lot of shooting. If Bam can get a three-pointer to get more consistent, um, he's going to be one of the most unstoppable players in the NBA. But if I'm starting a franchise, a guy like that to put down low to build around, and then once you find another guard to go with him, um, I think that'd be great. Um, number two and one was very hard to do. Um, just because both these guys, I think, you could argue could be number one. But number two, I went with Luka Doncic. Um, plays center, or excuse me, plays point guard and shooting guard. More of a point guard than a shooting guard. I believe he's six foot seven. Um, just great handle, great passer. Knows how to score the ball. Has been consistently getting better as a shooter in his second year. Has been dominating a lot of the top competition in the Western Conference kind of burst off the scene, or burst on the scene, excuse me. Um, A lot of these guys that come over from overseas, you don't really know a lot about them, but just in the short time he's been in the NBA, you can tell he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's definitely going to be MVP of this league one day. Um, You know, him and Giannis and Porzingis are kind of the guys that have come over and really put a good name in for, like, you know, the European and foreign players who – coming to the NBA because, you know, before a lot of these guys coming overseas, they had NBA roles and were on good teams, but there wasn't really a superstar type guy. You know, everyone thought Ricky Rubio was going to be kind of the sensational guy in the NBA. Um, but, you know, Luka is definitely a guy that I would be 100% okay with building a franchise around. And you can see the Mavericks have been trying to do that now, and I think that's why they were willing to trade Trey Young to get him. And, you know, I just think that long-term that deal is going to 
be good for both teams, but I think, you know, Atlanta made a mistake in giving up Luka Doncic for Trey Young, but that's personally just my opinion. But um, number one, I went with Jason Tatum. Um, I just think Jason Tatum, when I watch him play, he's so smooth. He almost reminds me of a LeBron Kawhi type player, not in like their shooting motion or anything like that, but just the way he plays. Good defender, is only going to continue to get better. Has really improved his three-point shot this year. Very silky in and out with ball handling. Can defend one through four. Can run the point when needed. Very clutch shooter. And I just think if there's anyone in the NBA I want to build around, it's around him. Just because I think he makes all of his teammates better. Not that he's a better passer than Luka Doncic by any means, but um, I just think Jason Tatum's a guy who's going to be able to will you um, to win games more than Luka can. Not that Luka can. I just think if a game's on the line and going over a 10-year span, um, if you put Luka and Jason Tatum on different teams and kind of just said build around, I think Tatum would end up on top. That's just personally my opinion. So I would roll with Jason Tatum as the guy I would build an NBA franchise around. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Um, so NFL schedules just came out on Thursday a few days ago. So I'm just going to go through and give you my prediction of which seven teams in each conference are going to make the playoffs. And I'm going to give you my seeding one through seven. So obviously there's a new playoff format for this upcoming season if we have one where the number one seed is the only team that gets to buy. And then it's kind of a new system where um, two plays seven, four plays six, and three plays five. Or excuse me, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. Um, and I think it's definitely an interesting format. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think there's already enough teams in the playoffs as is. And I think, you know, this helps in the fact that you are going to have some teams that have missed playoffs in years past just because they're in a really good division. And I think that's going to allow some of those teams to get in. But it's also going to be bad for if, you know, teams are 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight get into that 7th spot. But um, so starting off with the NFC, I have the 49ers being the number one seed. I still think that they're the best team in the NFC, and I would not be surprised at all if they end up going back to the Super Bowl. Really good defensive team. They did lose Emmanuel Sanders, but um, they did add Brandon Ayuk in the draft, and I just think that uh, Shanahan's eventually going to learn from his mistakes, and they're going to continue to be a really good team. You know, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, they finally got the running back in Raheem Mostert, they were willing to part ways with Matt Breida because they already had Tevin Coleman as well. And I think they're going to be a team to beat in NFC. Number two, I have the Saints. I still think despite Tom Brady going to the Bucks, that, that division still the Saints to take. Um, Drew Brees, to me, is still one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. And I still think he has another year or two of greatness in him. And I think if he can go on and win one, he'll retire. But I just think, they're such a hard offense to guard, especially they added Emmanuel Sanders away from the 49ers to go along with Michael Thomas. And you have the Swiss Army Knife and Taysom Hill. And you have Latavius Murray and Elvin Kamara in the backfield. So just a very tough team to defend. And their defense is still pretty good with Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, guys like that. I have the Cowboys as the number three seed. 
You know, I just think their offense is going to be super explosive, getting CeeDee Lamb in the draft to go along with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard backfield. Um, their biggest thing they still have to do is re-sign Dak, but they still have a good offensive line, and their defense, I think, is only going to continue to get better, especially under Mike McCarthy with Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch. I know they lost Byron Jones, but I think they'll be okay, especially in a division that's not super um, talented with receivers anymore, especially with OBJ leaving from the Giants a few years ago. Then, number four, I have the Green Bay Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to be on a mission this year, whether or not him and Matt LaFleur are going to get along. It's a different story, but I still think they're a talented team. They have a good defense. Um, they still need to give Aaron Rodgers some help, whether they can still do that in free agency. We don't really know. Maybe they'll make a trade. They still do have Devonta Adams, Aaron Jones, one of the best young running backs in the game. Um, decent offensive line, and I just think that they're the best team in that division. Um, number five, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're also going to be fighting for the Packers for that spot, but I think they're just going to miss them by a game or two. The Vikings still have a really good defense. They did lose Stephon Diggs in the trade to the Buffalo. They did draft Justin Jefferson, and they also got a cornerback in the first round to replace Xavier Rhodes, and I still think they're well-coached. I think Mike Zimmer's a good coach, despite um, not having gone super far in the playoffs. Um, they have upset a few teams the past couple of years, and I think they're going to be in the playoffs again. Number six, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As I said, I still think the Saints are the division winners, but Tom Brady going with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and Gronk. Um, with Bruce Arians, uh, skilled mind on the offensive side and the ball. I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Um, defensively, they have a really good team as well. I think it's only going to continue to improve with the picks they've made over the past couple years, finally getting healthy, Vita Vea, um, guys like that. And number seven, it's really hard because there's still a lot of other good teams in NFC, but I had to go with Seattle. Um, I've always had a belief in Russell Wilson. I think DK Metcalf's going to continue to be a great receiver. They still have Tyler Lockett. And they just have a bunch of running backs that are really good between Chris Carson, Richard Penny, CJ Proceis. They might be bringing back Marshawn Lynch as well. So just a plethora of backs. Jacob Hollister kind of burst onto the scene last year too. They still have Disley as well. So those are my seven teams for the NFC. Um, AFC, I still have the Chiefs as the number one seed. They're obviously the king of the thrones until someone derails them. Um, I have the Ravens as the number two seed. I think drafting J.K. Dobbins made it clear that they wanted to take a little bit more pressure off Lamar Jackson. Then you have Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, a um, bunch of good tight ends as well um, playing for them. And they still have a great defense with Earl Thomas. Um, they just acquired Clayus Campbell from the Jaguars this past year and the offseason. So um, I think they're still going to be very good as well, especially with Lamar Jackson still having the ability to run. Um, they should definitely be the only team that's behind um, or even contending with the Chiefs personally. Um, Buffalo is my third seed. Tom Brady leaving for the NFC. I think the AFC East is Buffalo's for the taking. Um, they have a fairly good schedule, especially to start the year. They could easily be going into the Chiefs game at home on Thursday night, week 6-5-0. They don't really have a tough start. They do have a tough finish, but 
their bye week is week 11, so um, getting that rest towards the end of the season before amping up into those final, excuse me, final stretch of games is going to be good for them. Uh, fourth, I have Tennessee. That division is definitely the biggest wild card. I feel like every year they're always very tight. Um, I almost put the Colts here, but I just really don't know about their offense still. I know they got Phillip Rivers, but and I know they have Jonathan Taylor. They just drafted a Marlon Mack. Wide receivers, I think, is still a little bit iffy to me. Um, T.Y. Hilton's just been so injury-prone over the past few years. Um, they don't have a really good, true number two receiver, in my opinion. So I went with Tennessee. I'm not a huge believer in Ryan Tannehill, but Derrick Henry, if you're just going to give him the ball a bunch, with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, um, I think they're going to be in good shape. And I just think Mike Vrabel's a really, really good, solid coach. Um, number five, I have the Chargers. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by them this year. And I know a lot of people don't believe in Tyrod Taylor. And I know a lot of people maybe even might not have faith in Justin Herbert, whichever one of them starts. But the thing with the Chargers is they're almost like um, how the Ravens were when they won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer and that their defense is just so loaded that all the quarterback really has to do is not turn the ball over, have a touchdown or two a game. They have a good running back in Austin Eckler. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. Um, you know, you don't know who else they're going to sign. You know, they've been linked to LaShawn McCoy. Even though he's kind of older, he'd be a good compliment back to Austin Eckler. They really amped up their offensive line this year as well. And then defensively, they have Bosa with Ingram. You know, they drafted the linebacker um, this year, 23rd overall. They had Herbert in the first round as well. Um, they also have King, Derwin James. They got Chris Harris. Like Their defense is just loaded. So if Tyrod can do what he did in Buffalo and just not turn the ball over and keep them in games and have the occasional game where he has to bail them out, um, I can easily see this team going 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, which should be good enough to get them in the playoffs. Number six, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they went 8-8 eight and eight last year, pretty much rotating through quarterbacks with Ben Roster back healthy and Juju back healthy again. I think they're going to be in really good shape. They still have a decent offensive line. James Conner's a little suspect to me um, still, but, you know, I think James Washington's turning into a good uh, second option for them. They still have a few good tight ends as well. Defense is obviously a top five in the league with TJ Watt and Joe Hayden. Pretty much anchoring that defense, Casey Hayward as well. And then number seven was definitely the toughest for me because I thought about the Texans and Deshaun Watson, but I kind of think they're due for a fall off here, like I said before, the Colts. But ultimately, I went with the Patriots as the seventh seed because even though they don't have Tom Brady, they still do have Bill Belichick, and the defense is still really good. Um, obviously, they either have faith in Hoyer or Stidham that they're going to be able to man the ship. Or maybe they still have something up their sleeve like trading for Jacoby Brissett or something. But yeah, I have them being my seventh seed. Overall, I think a Chiefs 49ers rematch is definitely possible. However, I think a team like Buffalo or even um, Tennessee, if they get hot, they could be a tough team. Ravens are also really well coached with Harbaugh. Um, I wouldn't count out the Saints either or the Bucks just because of great quarterbacks. I don't think the Cowboys are really ready to make that Super Bowl run yet. And I also will never count out Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, so they're also a team to be watching for. 
But that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Like I said, go follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. You can watch my live Q&A back for the next 24 hours on that. Keep an eye on that for Tuesday as I'll be announcing next week's live session guests. And I'll be back on Tuesday with another podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning of this one, talk some Bills schedule about the NFL season, whether or not I think it's going to happen. Talk about Jack Eichel and the Sabres and potential trade value for him or a trade that the Sabres would have to make if Jack Eichel did indeed decide that he doesn't want to play here anymore because they haven't been giving him the proper help that he needs. But um, hope everyone's staying safe and healthy, and I hope you all tune in next week on Tuesday and on next Saturday as well for a live session, and please go give English Encore Podcast a follow. Thank you.